Parsha's Kedoshim. In this week's Parsha, there's a mitzvah of you should judge your fellow man with tzedek, with righteousness. Now, in its most simple pshat, what that means is that if you're a judge, if you're a dayan in the Beisdin, so you must always be on guard that your first inclination, your emotions shouldn't be the reason for your decision. Don't allow any superficial thoughts to lead you to conclusions. Instead, you must be careful to follow the deen of the Torah in all of its details. Let's say you're a judge and now there's a poor man standing before you. He's one of the two litigants who came to the Beisdin. Now you're a compassionate man after all. So you might say, this poor fellow has a tough life and I should go now and make him guilty and make it even worse. Let me give him a break. No, says Hashem, don't do that. Don't follow your superficial emotions in the courtroom and try to give an edge to the poor man. On the other hand, sometimes it might be a wealthy man, somebody important, and so your, inc- your inclination might be to judge him more favorably. After all, he's much more impressive. This well-heeled fellow and just seeing him in his $400 suit makes his argument seem stronger. Nothing doing, says Hashem. Don't show any preferable honor to an important person. If you're a judge, it has to be betzedek. You have to follow the strict letter of the law, whatever HaKadosh Baruch Hu prescribes in the Torah. That's the job of a dayan. He has to subjugate his feelings, his emotions, to what Hashem expects him to think, and to paskin betzedek. Now all of this appears to be irrelevant to us here. It's an admonition to Dayanim, who sit in a court, but for us ordinary people, it doesn't seem to apply at all. Where does this mitzvah of Betzedek Tishput, Amisecha, come into our lives? It could be that one or two of you will one day study the intricate details of Choshen Mishpat, all the Dine Mamonos, and you'll get a certain... and you'll get a certain semicha, yadin yadin. And once you receive that permission to judge dinim amanus, so besides for all the dinim, you'll have to know, you'll also have to always remember these words of the Torah. Don't let your emotions get the best of you when you're sitting in judgment in the Beisdin. But for most of us, it's not applicable at all. However, that's not the full meaning of the Pasuk. There's an additional layer of meaning in those words that we're going to study tonight. And it's a mitzvah that applies to us all, all the time. In Mesech Shavuos, the sages tell us that B'Tzedek Tishput Amitecha is also teaching us as follows. A person who is with you in Torah and mitzvahs, be mishtadel, put effort into judging him favorably. It's what we learned in Masechta Avos. You, every single one of you, should make sure to judge your fellow Jew with righteousness. The Kaf Zechus means that you have to ignore the Kaf Chov, the side of guilt, and instead go out of your way to judge your fellow man, the Kaf Zechus, to the side of merit. And what that means is that every person is a judge. It can be helped. As soon as you see somebody, you're forming opinions. You can't avoid it. If you were a cow, chas v'shalom, so you'd be able to go through life without thinking, without judging. But if you're an Adam, 
then you're already a Dayan. Don't be a liberal and say, oh no, I don't judge anyone. I would never do that. It's not true. You're always passing judgment on people. Don't think otherwise. You're judging your wife or your husband all the time. Why did he do this? Why didn't she do that? Why did he say this or that? You're judging your neighbors all the time. Why did he block my driveway? Why does he let his son ride his bike on my lawn? You're judging your children all the time and your co-workers and your chavrusa and the people in shul and the rav of the shul. You're even making judgments about strangers who pass you by on the street. You're a full-time dying. And even though you're not publicizing your decision, you're not telling anybody what you're thinking. Nevertheless, Hashem is Yireh Lelavev. He sees what's going on in your thoughts. And so, in the eyes of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, you're acting as a Dayan. And so, if you want to succeed in your career of Dayanus, you had better get busy purifying your thoughts as much as possible. And doing whatever you can to make sure that you're judging those around you favorably all the time. Now, if you're paying attention, you'll note that the mitzvah betzedek tishput amitecha is a source for two seemingly contradictory halachas. On the one hand, the Torah is obligating a judge to issue his verdict on the basis of absolute justice in strict accordance with the law. And yet, these same words are teaching us that outside the Beisdin, we are obligated in the mitzvah, judge your neighbor favorably. Which means that we are obligated not to be strict and instead to do our utmost to justify the actions and behavior of our fellow Jews. And it's the resolution to this apparent contradiction that will provide us with the tools we need to be successful at being Dan Kavzuchus. Because what B'Tzedek Tishpot really means is that we expect from a Dayan in the courtroom not to be fooled by superficialities. So what of it if he's a poor man dressed in rags? Who cares if he's mumbling or stuttering when presenting his claim? And if he's a wealthy man, if he's dressed in a tailored suit and he's so impressive looking, so what? Are you going to pass judgment on the, on the basis of such a shallow thing? With half-baked ideas, you'll pass in on a Yisrael. Chas v'sholem. The Dayan is expected to ignore the veneer of superficialities and drill down to the core of justice. He's expected to be Dan, Din, and Meslamisoy. It's not easy for a Dayan to see past the superficialities in the courtroom. It's not easy to ignore what's right in front of his eyes. It's there. It's so real and concrete. What he sees in the poor man is real. What he sees in the wealthy man is obvious. It's so tangible. And so it's very hard to push it all away, to ignore it completely and come to the right decision. And yet, as difficult as it might be, that's the obligation of B'Tzedek Tishput Amitecha. And outside of the courtroom, we're expected to do the same. You have that same obligation outside the basin, absolutely. In all of your contacts with Amisecha, with your fellow Jews, the ones you like as well as the ones you don't like as much, you're expected to ignore the superficial things that bother you. And instead, you're obligated to drill, dra- drill down to the core of the person and judge him favorably. And that means that we all have a big job ahead of us because it means that you have to think. So don't be lazy about it. Nobody said it's easy. You might have to take a minute or two to think. 
but you have to do it. You're mechuyuv to think, to search your mind for the answers that satisfies you until you can give your fellow man the benefit of the doubt and walk away without any hakpada in your heart. Let's say your wife says a sharp word to you. It happens sometimes. So instead of getting upset, instead of being hurt, you're obligated. It's a mitzvah d'oraisa to search for reasons to give her the benefit of the doubt. First of all, maybe you deserved it. It could very well be you deserve to hear some criticism. Absolutely. When a wife criticizes a husband, you should know that she is doing a very great thing. Nobody will criticize this great man. Who's going to tell him the truth outside the house? And after a while, he begins to think, maybe I really am great. So he comes home and right away his wife deflates him. She puts a pin in his balloon and it bursts. That's a tremendous achievement. It's a perfection to be cut down to size once in a while. And so you can forget about being upset at her. You should thank her. And let's say she was wrong. You didn't deserve to be told off at all. So you'll be a failure and a judge and judge your spouse because of something superficial. She criticized you. So what? In two minutes, she'll forget what she said. You're going to judge her because of that? Maybe she was up all night with a crying baby while you were sleeping soundly. Maybe she had an impossible day with the children. Whatever it might be, you're obligated to seek to justify what your fellow Jew does or says by giving him or her the benefit of the doubt. Now in Misech the Shabbos, there is a statement which has to be examined by us if we want to understand this subject more thoroughly. The Gemara there states as follows, If you judge your fellow man on the side of merit, so Mida Keneged Mida, HaKadosh Baruch will judge you favorably. Now those words are somewhat difficult for us to understand, because up until now we learned Peshat in being Dan L'Kav like this. If a person did something, and you're in doubt, it's possible that he meant well. It could be, but it also could be that he did it for the wrong reason. That's also a possibility. It's a, suff- it's a suffix, a doubt. So it's a mitzvah to judge him favorably. You should be charitable and give him the benefit of the doubt. But if judging the kav only means that you're obligated to give others the benefit of the doubt, then when the Gemara says that Hashem will pay you back in turn, it means that when Hashem is in doubt about you, he will, judge, he will judge you favorably. But how could we say such a thing? What sense does it make to say that Hashem is dan l'kav when he is in doubt, chas v'sholom? Doubt? He's never in doubt about you. HaKadosh Baruch Hu knows exactly who you are. You can't give the benefit of the doubt when there's no doubt at all. And so we're forced to learn another layer in the Peshat of what it means to fulfill the mitzvah of Betzedek Tishput Amitecha. And we'll say as follows. To be Dan Lekav Zuchus is actually much more than learning how to clarify a doubt. It's learning an attitude in dealing with other people that leaves no room for doubt altogether. What that means is that we are expected to acquire the midah of seeking out the positive in people. To be a chafetz betovato shel chaveiro. To want only good things for the people around us. And thereby train ourselves to see only good. When you appreciate people by focusing on their milas. So you begin to actually like them. And want them to be a, and, and want them to be a tzakaim. You want them to be free of all faults, to always be good. If you want a person to be a zakai, 
if you actually desire to look at people favorably. So you'll find ways to explain his actions in a way that should be a zuchus. And even when you can't do that, you'll appreciate his, his other milas so much that it will weigh down the scale to the kav zuchus and you'll overlook the negative. Who cares about that? It's only a nar- narishkeit, you'll think. I love that man. Oh, Hashem says, you want him to be a zakai. So I want you to be a zakai too. And when HaKadosh Baruch Hu wants things to be good for you, you can be sure he has ways of accomplishing that. He has his ways. And so when you train yourself to look at the good, to overlook the superficial things that may bother you, so midah keneged midah, Hashem treats you the same way. Now in order to judge somebody, lakav zuchus, if you want to succeed in seeing people as zakaim, so you're going to need to, training in becoming an ohiv sedek. You have to love to see people in a good light. You know, when people love to see trouble in the world, so they pick up the newspaper to see what crimes were done. No one is interested to see if somebody did a good thing. If somebody kept the law, let's say, or if somebody helped his fellow man, that doesn't matter. They wouldn't put that on a newspaper. Who wasn't caught doing something embarrassing? What new faults did they dig up in the president today? That's news. That's what people want to hear. To say that here we have a president who was a decent man who, who minded his own business. I'm talking about Reagan now. That he didn't want to put, a big ta- uh, to put big taxes on you. And that he wanted to protect the country from the Soviet Union. That they won't speak about. That they won't speak about. They won't tell you that President Reagan didn't mix into other people's business. To say that, he didn't try to push the Medina Sisroel into making agreements with Arabs. No, that they won't talk about. He wasn't pressing anybody. He just wanted to keep Americans safe and wealthy. He was a quiet man and he was good-natured and smiled to everybody. But that wasn't good enough for the journalists, for the Meshuggah liberals. No, that's no good at all. Nothing doing. Reagan, no good. Reaganomics, no good. The Reagan years were the worst years. He's no good at all. Always looking for faults. And therefore, the the program for success is to rise above all the faults that you have, the tendency to see in people, and to see the tzadzuchus, the other side of the scale. Now, I know it's not easy to think to always be using your mind. It's a burden. It's much easier to make judgments on what you see superficially. But HaKadosh Baruch Hu says that you have to make up your mind to get along with any mishugat, any mishugas, anything that you think is an idiosyncrasy, that you think is unreasonable. And so you have to, as much as possible, ignore all the faults you imagine you see because that's what the Torah requires of you. To judge a person by his kav zuchus and to overlook the kav chov. It's so important to develop an appreciation of the good qualities of the people around you. I'll give you a practical Eitzah for accomplishing this. An Eitzah that's been tried and tested. One of the most practical programs for success in this endeavor is to attach a good mida, a mila, to all the people you know. Your friends, your neighbors, your coworkers, everyone has something that makes them special. I had a Rebbe once, a great Rebbe. And he once told us that a person is not one thing. 
He's a bundle of things. It was, it was 60 years ago that I heard him say that. And I remember like it was yesterday. A person is not one Mida, he said. He's a bundle of Midas. So one thing might not be good, but something else is good in him. And so when we see the man in the shul who is a nuisance, the one who gets on people's nerves, we don't see that. Instead, we look for the Milas, for the Kavzuchus. He pays the electric bill for the shul. Quietly, without anybody knowing, he pays the bills for the shul. Now when I see this man, I see the man who pays for the air conditioner, the man who pays for the lights. That's what I see, and I don't see anything else. Because our job in this world is to ignore the more difficult parts of the bundle and to focus on only the good parts. And once you begin to look at people and see them only with their milas, that's your ticket to overlooking the superficialities of the things that would bother you and fulfilling the mitzvah of being the dan kavzuchus. Now, if you'll try to think about a person's midas toivus, you'll be surprised that there isn't a person who doesn't have good in him. Among the, sho- the Shoemini Torah, everybody has good qualities. In this midah, he could be excellent, whereas somebody else is excellent in a different midah. So in case you can't love the person entirely, love at least one aspect of his personality. Let's say he davens well. Love him for that. It says that Hashem is Oyev Sadiqim. Why does Hashem love Sadiqim? Because they give him covered? They pay him money? No. He loves them because they're tzaddikim. They daven, they learn, they dress with sneers. So you can love them too. You see a tzaddik that davens well? Love that man just because of that. In your eyes, from now on, that's what you see when you see him. Another person learns well. Another person gives tzedakah. Another person is quiet and well-behaved. Find what you can in each person and you'll be surprised. You'll be very surprised. People are full of good things. And that's the only thing you should be looking at. The Shaimri Toyota, no question that they're full of good things. They're raising up families of children who will be of Oydeh Hashem. They're upholding the shuls and the yeshivas with their money, with their participation. They themselves are Mekayim mitzvahs every day. There are many reasons why you should love these people. And HaKadosh Baruch Hu loves them for that. So with a little bit of thought, you could do the same. Try to like him because of his milas, whatever they are, and little by little it will enter into your heart and you'll gain a certain warmth towards that person. And that warmth, as little as it is, it's a tremendous achievement. That's why we came into this world, to learn to be happy with, to see favorably all kinds of people, even the Bale Gaiva and the and the Kaasin and the Kaasinim and the Kaasanim and the nuisance, everybody. We're learning now that the mitzvah of B'tzedek Tishput, Amitecha, is really a program for life. And it requires planting the seeds of loving your fellow Jew in your mind, of seeing the milus, of seeing only the positive of the people around you. It's not easy, I understand that. But even if you'll achieve only a mashahu, a small fraction of this avoida, it's a tremendous perfection of your character. And the more you plant and nurture the proper thoughts in your mind, the more you're, you're won over. And the more you'll be able to fulfill this mitzvah in all of your encounters throughout your life. Now the Pasuk doesn't say, but Tishput, at 
your wife or your neighbor or the nuisance in shul. It says, Amisecha, your nation. Betzedek Tishpot Amisecha means that you should judge your fellow Jews, all of them, favorably. A person who is with you in Torah and mitzvahs, be mishtatel, be mishtatel, put effort into judging him favorably. If he's a loyal Torah Jew, then you have to judge him betzedek. The Rishoyim we leave out. It's not our business now. Being malamed zchus on wicked people, that I'll leave to somebody else, somebody bigger than I am. But the great mass of from Jews, we're obligated to look at them all with favor. So what do we do now with the whole Am Yisrael, people you pass on the street that you've never even thought about? From Jews that you barely notice. All those from Jews are your brothers and HaKadosh Baruch Hu expects you to have a certain attitude of being Dan L'Kav when you see them. It's a mitzvah min Amisecha doesn't mean this man right here who is a good friend of yours. It means all the from Jews. And that means that even people we don't know, the strangers we pass on the street, the unfamiliar people we see in Shul, everyone from the Am Yisroel, we're obligated to see them in a good light. If he's a loyal Torah Jew, he, if he's Amisecha, then you have to be, then you have to judge him betzedek. But we'll say here that the word Amisecha is doing much more than including all of the Fruma. What does it give us an impetus? What it does is give us an impetus, a dynamo for how to fulfill the mitzvah. Because if you train yourself to look at all of your fellow Jews as the Am Sheitecha, as your comrade in arms, you're on the same team after all. So you begin to develop a favorable attitude towards all the Am Yisrael. This is a remarkable opportunity for success in this world. It's something you could practice all the time in the street. You see a fellow Jew, so what should you think? He's my brother, this man. He puts on tefillin after all. That's enough. When you see a Jew in the street with a covered head, whether it's black hat or yam or yamako or a woman with a shaitel, you're already sold out to that person. He covers his head like me. He's ours. He's wearing a yamaka, a cap, whatever he has. If he's covering his head, he belongs to us. I don't care what kind of yamaka he wears. He's still my brother. And even though he follows a different Rebbe or a different set of political objectives, nevertheless, don't lose sight of the fact that fundamentally he belongs to your people and that therefore you're mechuyev, you're obligated to think well of him. This alone, that he is an amisecha, that he is amisecha, that he is on your team, that should be enough for you to always look at him with favor. Let's say you're walking in a far off neighborhood in Bedford-Stuyvesant, let's say where there are no Jews, and suddenly you see from a distance a man with a yarmulke. A yarmulke! It's exciting! So you feel a warmth towards him. It's a brother, a chaver, and it's true. He is your brother. But it's a mistake to think that it's a thought you only have when you're in an Italian neighborhood or a colored neighborhood. In a strange neighborhood, maybe you're happy to see a fellow Jew because you feel safer that way. But that's how you should think when you walk in Borough Park. Borough Park! Big mezuzahs and everybody has beards and payas. It's a neighborhood of Amisecha. So you should practice feeling warmth towards everyone on the street. I told you once before, if you have some time, I think it's worth to go to Borough Park and just stand there for a half an hour appreciating the from Jews. You watch as they walk back and forth, back and forth. 
and you're thinking, these are my people. I love them all. It's worth every second. Now, all of this is work, but HaKadosh Baruch expects that work. Otherwise, you'll remain a person who sees only faults all his life. Because when people have that attitude, when they're looking for faults, so HaKadosh Baruch Hu says, you'll succeed. And that's what they find. Not only do they find faults in people, but they find trouble too. That's what happens in this world. The natural tendency is to see the imperfections in people. And all the good, the kavzuchus, is ignored. Constantly today, people can't get along with each other because they are done each other. Lekav choiva. If you're a rabbi, you'll sit at the telephone and it's always ringing. Husbands and wives are fighting all the time today. And in some places, a man told me he was in a certain community. I don't know. I don't want to say where it was. And he said there are divorces and divorces and divorces among Jews. What's doing here? The world is going crazy. Everybody's fighting. Now, when you speak to them, you see right away that nobody has a hava amina of being dan lakavsuchus. Nothing doing. Only themselves, they judge favorably. I spoke to a couple of women today. They called me up to tell me that their husbands are no good at all. I said, is he working? He works. Does he bum around? He doesn't bum around. Is he shomer mitzvahs? He's shomer mitzvahs. Does he give you money? He gives me money. So what's the trouble? I said. Oh, he's only trouble, she says. He does this wrong. He says this wrong. He acts like this and like that. A whole laundry list she's reading off to me. He's so mean to me. He's inhuman, she says. Now, if I ask him, I'm sure he'll give me a report about his wife. So she doesn't do her work. She's nagging me. This and that. And I'm sure that everybody's right. A little bit, everybody is right. But they're all wrong because they're all sinning against this great quality which Hashem said to you. Should try, you should try to gain, to judge your fellow man. To ignore the faults of people and train yourself to focus only on their good qualities. When she thinks about her husband, she should think that he goes to work every day. He'd like to sit home instead. He'd like to go to the base medrash to learn and instead he's wasting his life in the shop where he's working. It's a great pity on him, but he's doing it out of loyalty to his family. And she should think, look, my husband is an Ish Ne'eman. He works hard by day and then he comes home at night. There are so many loafers today in the world, unfortunately. Some people loaf around in Brooklyn and then they take a vacation from loafing to go to Atlantic City to loaf some more. The from loafers, they go to Shtibelich to loaf. They sit in Shtibelich and open a Gemara and get busy loafing. He doesn't learn a word. You ask him, why don't you get a job? He says, Torato umanutu. He says, my umness is learning. What he means is that loafing is my umness. By your husband, but your husband is a decent man. He's working, supporting his family. He's giving away his life, his life. And the wise woman appreciates that. When she sees her husband walking up the steps to the door, that's what she sees. The man who comes home and gives her money she needs and she appreciates that. She thinks, so she should think, I love that man. He's working all day long to support my children. I admire my husband, the Talmud Chochem. She doesn't see that he opened his big mouth last night and said something stupid. She doesn't see them, the man who forgot it was her birthday. She's overlooking the Kav Chov and she's being done him the Kav Zuchus. That's your job in this world. 
to look for the good in each person. You're going to say that you can't find good in your wife? You can't find good in your husband? Come on! Come on! That's nothing but wickedness. And HaKadosh Baruch Hu pays the wickedness with wickedness. They see only faults and they suffer as a result. Every man has a tendency to have complaints against his wife. It's only natural. You're living together and your tendency is to see the faults of, other, of a person. But the avoider we're learning now is to train yourself to always see the kavzuchus and to let the good side of the scale outweigh the kavkov. A wise man understands that his wife is important, that she's raising the children and feeding the family. Not only does she fulfill her duty, duties in the home, she is the home. But it's not enough to know that in general terms, he has to study the details of that so that whenever he sees his wife, that's what he sees. Let's say your wife made for you a cholent. Don't say it's nothing, it's just food. For the wise man, for the one who wants to be a Dan Kazuchus, even a chalant is enough to win him over. If you think about it, your wife gave you cooked potatoes. But not only potatoes, she knows how to make it brown and tasty. She added in onions for you and barley and beans too. It's a whole meal and she prepared it for you. And if while you're sitting there and enjoying it, you think about that wonderful thing that she did for you, so it will become part of your personality. Not only does it go into your body, it becomes your hair and your bones and your eyes, but it goes into your mind. Your wife should be a different person in your mind after a good chulant. And after every supper, she becomes even more and more precious in your eyes. That's how you should think about these things. The appreciation for the food she made for you should fill your mind at the same time it's filling your stomach. Now I'm just giving one little example. There's no end to appreciation you should be feeling for your wife. It's mamish endless. And once a person begins to think of the, in these terms, he'll find ways and means of assessing the importance of his wife in his life. The happiness that she's giving him by taking care of the children and the house and for what she creates in the kitchen. It's an endless happiness that she brings to your life. And so you have to train yourself. It won't happen by itself. So you see your wife, you should say to yourself, I love that woman over there. You see her on the street from far away. She goes shopping and now you see her coming back carrying shopping bags. So you say, I love that woman over there carrying home the food for my children. Only that what happens the husband ignores all the good that his wife does and he sees only the superficialities. She's nagged him. She complained. She wasted money. She never drills down past the superficial. He never drills down past the superficial things to the core of what his wife really is and what she means to his life. And same thing with his wife. To be a Dan Lekav Zuchus, she has to be a Dayan who ignores all the superficialities of the Baal Edin and focuses only on the truth to fulfill the mitzvah of Betzedek Tishpot Amisecha. Now I only mention a husband and wife because it is the most common interaction and the home is a great opportunity for perfection. But that's how you should train yourself to look at everyone. By focusing only on the good, even small things. You must look for good things. No question. Everyone has good things. And even if one thing might be, might not be the best, <clears throat> something else is good. And your job in this world is to ignore the more difficult parts of the bundle and focus on only the good parts. Here's a man who is roidif achar hakavod. 
He loves covered. He's a balgaiva. He thinks much of himself. Naturally, that's what sticks out at you. It's a thorn in your eyes. And it will remain that way forever unless you cancel out the kav chov by focusing on the kav zuchus. And if you look, and if you look, you'll find a lot of good. But if you're busy looking only for what's wrong, you'll find that too, you'll find that too. And that's how you'll remain a failure. And the truth is that once you start looking, you'll discover, you'll find all types of good qualities. And that's the Mishpat Tzedek. The righteous judging that Hashem wants from you. You should judge your fellow man with Tzedek by focusing only on the Tzedek. You're a judge all the time. And if you're an Oyeb Tzedek, so you love to find good things in people. And that's how you follow the program of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Now, you have to know how to look at your fellow Jews. It's an avoider. First of all, look at his face and remind yourself that it's Selim Elohim. Isn't that a reason enough to honor him and to think well of him? HaKadosh Baruch Hu gave that reason. He said, the face of man resembles mine. It's not an accident. Every person you look at is a Selim Elohim. It's a beautiful sight, the human face. Look at a person's face, eyes. Eyes are so expressive, so beautiful. You can see the neshama. You can see intelligence shining out of the eyes. Even the cheeks, the way the cheeks move, a smile or sadness, it's expressing emotions. The nobility of the human countenance is unequal. In the entire universe, there's nothing like it. If you'll travel, let's say, to the far-off countries, if you'll climb mountains in search of vast wilderness, you'll never see anything in the universe as interesting as a human face. Now, how to explain that? That's a different subject. It'll take us a lot of time to understand that, but we'll have to at least practice it up. It's, it's in the Torah after all. After all. So when you look at the face of a fellow Jew, the very first obligation to, is to think that you're seeing something very, very impressive, only that we're very far away from the Ruach HaToyedah. The spirit of the Torah declares that when you look at the face of a fellow Jew, you should be very impressed. Now don't tell me, oh, it's exaggerated. You're blowing up, making a whole story out of nothing. It's in the Chumash. Kidmutoy. That's the resemblance of Hashem. And HaKadosh Baruch Hu insists that we should learn the Torah and get it into our heads. That when you're looking at the face of a person, you should think that you're seeing the Tzelem Elohim. Men look in a men's face and women look in women's faces. And when you look, the first thing is to think, Tzalem Elohim. And no matter how much you think, you should know you're not thinking enough. Don't say, I may be overdoing it. You're always underdoing it. And even if you spend years of this effort, you should know you haven't reached the standards that our Kaddish Baruch expects in appreciating what it means, Tzalem Elohim. So now you have what to be busy with. Instead of thinking what faults you can find in people, he has a comical face, he talks too much, he's tall and skinny, he's short and fat. Instead of looking for things to ridicule, you have to get busy now looking at the Tzalem in his face. If you can't do it with all the people around, then start one at a time. You're standing on the street and looking at your fellow Jews walk by and you're thinking Tzalem Elohim, Tzalem Elohim, Tzalem Elohim. Now I understand that these words don't find an echo in your mind immediately. But you must understand that Torah must be learned. It's Torah after all. 
There's a lot of work to be done. And don't think you can shirk it. It's expected of us that we should plant this seed in our minds and as the years go by, it will take root and it will grow branches and fruit. Of course, it's artificial. In the beginning, you'll be a hypocrite. But we make an attempt and after a while, the spark will be kindled in your heart. HaKadosh Baruch Hu will give you assistance and you'll gain a certain appreciation of Amisecha, the Amisroel. Now, once you understand the greatness of Selem Elohim, you don't yet. It's a tremendous idea. A skyscraper. A skyscraper. But there's another skyscraper that's even greater than that one of Selem Elohim. The Mishnah Nava says, that while it's true that all of humanity is blessed with Selim Elohim, but there's one nation in the world that is praised with an even greater title. It says, How beloved are Yisrael, who are called the children of Hashem. Banim Lamakom. A child of Hashem. Now that's something. The first skyscraper of Selim Elohim goes up to the skies. But this skyscraper goes all the way up to Hashem. How beloved are Yisrael, who are called children of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. We're accustomed to saying we're all children. Let's say the Reformed Jews get together on a stage with the, with the NAA, when, when the NAACP, the National Association for the Advancement of Colored People, and they say we stand in solidarity with our African American brothers because we're all children of the same God. That's not Toyota. It's garbage. Nobody is the children of Hashem expect, except for the Am Yisrael. You are children of Hashem and nobody else. And make no mistake about it. Now we don't care what the world says. They'll say it's, they'll say it's, it's, it's chauvinism. Maybe so. But we stick by the Torah. And the Torah says that only we are the children of Hashem. Suppose a man comes to see you. I noticed that you married my cousin. So you ask him, who are you? I'm the son of the Rosh Hashiva Ponovich. He says, ooh, wow, I didn't know I was such a mechusin. The Rosh Hashiva Ponovich became my mechusin by marriage. You're excited, you're excited over him. He's the child of somebody great. But you can tell him, I'm the son of somebody greater. I'm the son of a Baruch Hu. He jumps up. You're the son of a Baruch Hu? Yes, I am, you say. It's in the Chumash. We're expected to think that way. It's not written in Pirkei Avos for nothing. We are the beloved ones. Now when it says we're beloved, it doesn't mean that Hashem likes us. Like we, like, like we let's say, like a second cousin or a nephew. It's much more than that. It means he loves every single one of us more than anything else in the entire world. And we're told this for an important purpose. And that is because we're expected to think that we are about every, we are, we are expected to think that way about every single Jew. Not in general, in a way that's abstract. Yes. That you're willing to say in general on all Jews, I can say chavivin. I can, I can love the Am Yisrael in general. But when it comes to this Jew, not this one. And that one? No, not him either. And that's a terrible mistake. 
Chavivin Yisrael means every one of them. All Shomrei Toida, even though he's not from your shtibel, not from your community, a different shtibel. So you might think he's not in your neighborhood, or maybe not your Nusuch, maybe he's a Sephardi or a Temani, maybe he's a Russian Jew or a Polish Jew. So you think, not him, not him. No, when you see any fellow Jew, any Shomrei Toida mitzvahs, you're looking at a person who is most beloved by Hashem. If you have a big scale and you put on one side of the scale the sun and also the millions of stars and all the planets too and also all the nations, all the Englishmen and all the Americans, all the French, every other people on the face of the earth, all on one side of the scale and on the other side of this and on the other side is this one Yisrael, this one Jew that passes by you on the street. So he has, so he is Machria Eskulon. He outweighs all of them. That's what Chavivin means. And that's how you have to think. Now I'm very sorry to say that all of this will not happen. Nothing good will grow in your head if you're a lazy man. I passed the field of a lazy man, said Shlomo Amelech. And what is growing there? Thorns and brambles. All types of weeds grow in the head of a lazy man. Maybe he was too lazy to come to these lectures altogether. Or maybe he came, but it was entertainment to get out of the house a little. That's all. That's good too. It's also good. But if you never work on these ideas, so what grows in your mind instead of delicious fruits? Poison growths. Sinas chinam. Other thorns. But not b'tzedek tishpot amisecha. No, that won't grow on its own. And so you have to always be on guard. You're busy always weeding out your field, pulling up thorns that creep up in your mind. Let's say a thought comes into your mind when you see this person. Why is he wearing that? Why did he do such a thing? Why did she say that? You can't let a poison weed like that fester in your mind. You can't be an ish etzel, a lazy person, and allow that thought to grow. You have to do something about it. And so you get busy right away thinking the thoughts we spoke about tonight. Now, don't think that it's merely a thought. No, you're actually planting seeds in your mind. And these seeds, once they take root, they grow into beautiful flowers of Dan Es Chavero Lekav Sechus. Try to judge a fellow man with a meritorious balance, to think well of him. And the more you do it, the more you'll succeed at this program. And the more you succeed, then HaKadosh Baruch Hu, Yedin Hu Lekav Sechus. The more you succeed at gaining the goodwill of Hashem for yourself. Because that's the purpose why Hashem brought you into this world to give you, to give you one opportunity to plant a garden of delicious fruits and flowers in your mind. A garden that will last forever. Now, how much can you do? You'll say, I should love my neighbor. I should love my chavrusa and my boss. I should love the man who sits next to me in shul. That's too much. So Hashem says, at least plant the seeds. As much as you can, always look at that person with a favorable eye. Be dan lekavzuchus. Go out of your way to judge him favorably. To find a reason to make him a zakai in everything he does. And habalatar misayinlo. If you try to be good, then Hashem will help you be good. And one of the ways he'll help you is by giving you more and more opportunities to perfect yourself. He'll send you all types of people. He'll put you in contact with all types of from Jews. And everything in this world 
is an opportunity. Every person that you meet is a test for you to see. If you'll rise to the occasion and use the opportunity to plant the seeds of Betzedek Tishpot Amisecha in your mind. And you'll live a happier life because of it. You'll be happy with your spouse and with your neighbor and your boss and with all your fellow Jews. The world becomes a happier place. And it's a good investment as well. This business of thinking well of your fellow man because I'm, because Hashem will look at your milers and he'll be happy with you. HaKadosh Baruch Hu is going to love you too. Despite the fact that sometimes you can be a nuisance too. HaKadosh Baruch Hu will overlook that and see that you have good things in you. The way you treat others is how you'll be treated. And when HaKadosh Baruch Hu does that, he does it with a full hand, a heaping hand of reward in this world and also in the world to come. Have a wonderful Shabbos.